The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Welcome to the show, everybody. Recapping Thursday night, another fun primetime game, and previewing seven more NFC home games for Fantasy Week 5. Is this going to be the week for the Bears offense to get going, the Falcons offense to get going? We got a nickname for Chuba Hubbard. Dave and I don't really see eye to eye on it. I think it's a pretty obvious nickname. We'll get to that a little bit later. Mother Hubbard. Old Mother Hubbard is, yeah, yeah. I, you know what? Maybe I should just change my team name because I have him in a few leagues. Podcast league, I could do that. Yeah. You drafted him in the leagues with McCaffrey, right? I only have one McCaffrey league. I drafted Hubbard in two leagues, uh, IDP and and my McCaffrey league. So, look at you. Yeah. Hopefully, feeling I, like a superstar. I'll be starting him this week. Think got a, a little people. extra Chuba going on. You know, he's like 96% rostered, and I still don't understand why Alexander Madison never got to that last week. It, it was weird. I'm sure it's probably like um, some 10-team leagues. Like, I'm, I'm in a weird 10-team league where you only start one running back. And so, like, he was available on Friday. Oh, you know, huh. yeah, but, but like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But but that's the thing. I mean, is he going to be Alexander Madison? We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. We should start, though, with Cincinnati 24 and Jacksonville 21. And some injury news as DJ Chark broke his ankle on the opening possession. That was really a very unfortunate. And Joe Mixon left in the fourth quarter. He wasn't in on the game-winning drive. But first of all, this has been a good year, of a good season so far of football. I, I'm sorry for this like lukewarm take. But some of these games that you think are going to be crap. For football or Thursday night football? Everything. I think it's been a really good year so far. There have been some crappy Sunday 1 o'clock games. Sure, yeah, there's a lot of games, but right, those are yeah, those are the most likely to be crappy anyway, right? The Sunday one o'clock games have been for the most part duds. The four o'clock games are usually always good, and they've lived up to it. But the Thursday night games, which are typically hit or miss, the, these these have been good for some, like you said, some bad matchups. Uh, uh, I appreciate Trevor Lawrence uh, with his minimal pastimes, by the way, giving me my uh, my favorite prop under. Oh, congratulations! Twenty four pass attempts. You would think yeah, thirty six like and, and, and a half. Thirty six and a half. Was the prop, yeah. <sighs> wow. I mean, I that guess that makes one. sense, yeah. Uh, all right, so let's talk about this game from the Jaguars' perspective, Dave. With with Chark out with a broken ankle, we see a big game from LaVisca Chenault. Unfortunately, not from Marvin Jones. He only had three targets. Chenault had seven of Lawrence's 24 targets or pass attempts, you know, targeted his way. Uh, who, what do you think of Jones and Chenault going forward? And Chenault will be popular on the waiver wire. He's 60% rostered. He'll be popular. He should have already been on rosters in PPR leagues because you knew that he had good volume. Uh, we just didn't see it necessarily. I think the injury that he had a couple of games ago might have taken him out a little bit. But obviously losing DJ Chark 
is uh, is an important deal in that offense. There's going to be more targets to go around. I'm surprised that Marvin Jones only had three targets. Chenault should absolutely be rostered. He should be considered a flex play in PPR leagues. James Robinson. First two good games. Yeah, well, he looked very good, huh? First two games, pretty bad. Second game, second two games, games three and four, studly. Yeah. Only one catch in this game, but whatever. Two rushing touchdowns. Jamie, if Joe Mixon doesn't miss next week, and it was apparently just a minor ankle injury, so let's just say they're both healthy, who would you rather have going forward, Mixon or James Robinson? Right now, probably still Mixon, but it's close. Um, you know, I, you got to take a couple things into account. You, you mentioned the catches, so game flow. You know, they had a 14 nothing lead, you know, so I, I would imagine that had something to do with him not being involved in the passing game. But the bigger factor was Carlos Hyde was inactive right before the game, you know, so who knows how much of a role he would have had because he had eight carries last week, you know, so as well as Robinson played in week three, um, Hyde was still, you know, on the field. But you got to be really encouraged by it, and the gap is closer by, by a lot, you know, between these two guys. Um, you know, for Mixon, he's not involved in the passing game anymore. You know, he went from four catches in week one to, you know, next to nothing um, these last three games. And, you know, I don't know what Zach Taylor is doing in regard to using Joe Mixon, but he's got to do a better job of that. I think that'll help the offense. He's using Samaje Pirine on third downs, and Pirine's doing much more as a pass protector than he is a route runner. Mixon, there were only nine third downs for the Bengals. Mixon played on third of them. They were all third and short, including his touchdown was one of those plays. But yeah, he's not he's not nearly as involved in the passing game as we had hoped. I that think is, you go back to yeah. the you go back to the preseason when you know it was he's never coming off the field, right. <laughs> and, and now he's coming <laughs> off the field. You know, so um, you got you got saved by the touchdown. You know, and it's been you know. Three decent games for him. One monster game in week one, and then you know week three, ninety yards rushing. You can't say that was a bad performance, but um, he's he's got to pick up. He's got to pick it up, and Zach Taylor's got to pick it up for him. It was an interesting and that's game. What happened in the second half? Like in the yeah. first, half, he had fourteen yards on five carries in the first half. The Bengals looked listless. They looked. It was a joke. And then they came out in the second half. They were a completely different team, and uh, and Mixon was awesome in the second half. They that's found their new weapon. weapon. What happened? Oh, use uh, Dave. Who's their new weapon? Uzava. Ah, yeah. Yes. Come on, you were supposed to do that. You promised on Twitter you're gonna drop a Uzava. You still have time. Hey, you know what it is. I mean, Burrow. He has. I'm a little bitter at him, at U- Uzama. Why? Because he because he ruined my prop, my Thursday night prop. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's okay. We got a good game out of it because it was awesome. It was a fun game. Yeah. So but so don't, Bur- don't chase. Don't chase him. Oh, you don't think he's going to get 95 yards and, and two touchdowns every week, Jamie? Come on. Uh, no, I, I feel like 50 and one. But um, the thing you don't want to chase with him is is T. Higgins playing. You know, right. so just remember yeah. that. Yeah. Right, right. Higgins could be back next week. And Uzama's previous career high was 66 yards. He had five catches, 95 yards, and two touchdowns in this game. Uh, so hey, as, by, by that line of thinking, Jamie, would you agree that the time is now to trade Tyler Boyd for whatever you can get? Uh, it's not a bad call. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we saw, we saw Boyd obviously play well, uh, week two, right. Uh, seven catches in week two. And so, you know, I I don't think he's going to be a non-factor. I also think that, you know, you're seeing Joe Burrow start to get more comfortable and he's moving around in the pocket and, Mm -hmm. you know, doing some things that he looked like last year. So, you know, things are probably clicking in place for him. So you got to get something pretty good in return. I'm not giving Tyler Boyd away. Not that you're getting a lot in return for Tyler Boyd, but, um, if you find a a receiver needy team, look, there's, there's going to be teams that, 
Uh, don't have AJ Brown and potentially Julio Jones, Sterling Shepard, um, T. Higgins. You know that could uh, could be you know receiver needy, but you got to get something better in return if you're trading away. And I don't know if you're going to do that. Sure, he could be a piece in a trade in a two for one deal where you trade him and a weaker running back for a better running back, or him and a weaker receiver for one really good receiver. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that. You know, I would trade Boyd and James Boyd and James Robinson. You'd try to land which running back? One of the studs, for sure. Would you trade Boyd? Uh, maybe it's not such a great idea, but Boyd for AJ Brown, betting on AJ Brown coming back oh, soon. I mean, if someone's going to do that, they're idiots. But sure, absolutely, I'd do it. Well, if someone's zero and three or zero and four, because it'll if be you're next trading week, AJ Brown four. for Tyler Boyd, thinking you're turning your season around, you're crazy. Well, but you're trying to get wins now. Trust me, I agree with you. I'd rather have A.J. Brown rest of season, but if that's a move you can make. Yeah, you know, the thing I'm, is you're wondering how long is how long is A.J. Brown going to, going to be out, and I don't no, know how much. three more weeks. Well, he's not on IR, so. They, they said week to week, so my guess is he's, you know, I saw some report that said uh, they could probably get by with the Jets and the Jaguars without him, so. Mm-hmm. uh uh-huh. The Bengals, <laughs> the Bengals might tell them otherwise, but yeah, Jaguars played really well. Okay, Jamar Chase, uh, six catches, seventy-seven yards on nine targets, and basically Burrow every week is picking three guys and throwing almost all of his passes to three guys. And instead of Higgins this week, it was Tyler Boyd. I mean, it was uh, C.J. Uzama. So that was what seventeen, twenty, twenty-six targets go to the top three guys and he threw 32 times in the game no i don't think anyone else had more than two targets in the game that's a season high from right burrow yeah For yeah 32 oh. when they were oh, trailing 14 yeah. nothing at one point here so there's still going to be a run heavy team when they can be uh but i just think you're seeing with jamar chase that he is so good <laughs> the sky is the limit he's just scratching the surface right now how many cliches can i use uh jamar chase rest of season it, or is he a top like twenty wide receiver? Would you rather have Jamar Chase or say Robert Woods? We'll finish on this. Oh, Chase at this point. I mean, you know, there's there's more touchdown potential as you see, and you know, you, like you said, scratching the surface. His prop was four and a half catches. Um, you know, it was uh, not a bad play on the under. Um, we had one of our our sports line experts on HQ say that. Uh, Tim Doyle and the logic was right, but you know, you, you see what the upside could be as he starts to develop his route tree and you know, he's, he's abusing corners. I mean, I'm already starting to think that he's like a, going to be like a top 30 pick in drafts next year. Oh, without question. Oh yeah, He's, he's he's what he's doing what AJ Brown's supposed to be doing. And think about where AJ Brown was drafted. I was actually thinking this last night and sorry for going long here, but just last, last thing. If you're doing a startup dynasty draft today, is Jamar Chase an easy first round pick? He's in the no. conversation. You know, I I think you look at how receivers should be drafted in dynasty, and you know, think where Justin Jefferson, how he put himself in position last year, and Jamar Chase is doing the same thing. So it, it'd be tough to keep him out of the first round. I just, I think he's a second rounder, but yeah, not okay. not a first rounder. All right, you just don't see this type of production in the first five games of someone's career very often. Okay, guys. Uh, only been four games. What's that? Oh, it's, it's been only four, been four games. <laughs> right. And he's tied. He's tied to this quarterback for four four more years at least. But you assume five. Yeah, four games. My bad. Uh, you want an edge on setting your DFS lineups? All right. Well, you first of all, you can watch CBS Sports HQ on Fridays. We give you DFS advice there. But the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast brings you all of the DFS insights you need to dominate. 
We got Frank Stample, Mike McClure, Sia Najad. These guys are true experts. And they give you cash and GPP analysis on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Deep diving into pricing and matchups. Listen to the Fantasy Football DFS podcast wherever you listen to FFT. Dalvin Cook was limited in practice. So the bottom line is, obviously, if Cook plays, you're starting him. And if he doesn't, you're starting Madison. But right now, are you expecting Dalvin Cook to play against Cleveland? Yes. he. Uh, he we was- don't have... Go ahead, Jamie. Go ahead. He he met with the media, which is usually a good sign that he's going to play. You know, usually when guys are, are hurt and aren't going to be out there, they don't talk. And he was uh, talking about how playing against Kevin Stefanski, his former coordinator, is uh, is going to be fun. And I, I I'd be surprised at this point if unless there's a setback, he he doesn't go. Dave, Josh Jacobs is questionable, but it's a Monday night game. So how are we going to? Maybe we'll get more information over the weekend. But right now, I mean, do you have to? Do you have to sit him? Yeah, I think you should plan on not having Jacobs for the matchup. You just have to wait and see how things go in practice on Wednesday, um, or on Thursday rather. He did return to practice. It's a positive sign. When, when, once you get to Saturday, you'll know what his status is. If he has three practices all week, uh, the Raiders might not even list him on their final practice report. And at that point, you can say, okay. Maybe I've got him as a number two fantasy running back. So he, he's going to play, uh, but this is what John Gruden said. Um, quote, he's not going to hesitate to put Peyton Barber in a primary role. So now you have to worry about what these guys are going to do with three of them. So is it going to be at the expense of maybe Jacobs and his carries? Is it going to be expense of Kenyon Drake and his playing time to whatever degree? You know, not necessarily role, but playing time. And so that's where the mess becomes, you know. So I think if Jacobs goes as expected, he should be a number two running back based on the matchup. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised we come Tuesday morning and it's Barber had six or seven carries, Jacobs had 10 to 12, and, and Kenyon Drake had one or two, and then whatever Drake did in the passing game. And we're looking at like a Tampa Bay situation where it's kind of just throw your hands up in the air and, and, and hope for a touchdown. I hate everything you're saying. I do too. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm still, if that's the case, I'm still probably going to start him over Javante Williams, which would be my one Josh Jacobs decision because I hate, Williams matchup and I love Jacobs matchup, but yeah, it's I mean that's that's ugly. All right, guys, Tyler Lockett missed practice with a hip injury, and DK Metcalf was limited. Is there genuine concern about Lockett? Probably not Metcalf, but is there genuine concern about Lockett not playing at San Francisco? If he doesn't practice on Friday, then I think you absolutely have to be concerned. Okay, if he doesn't play, is Russell Wilson still a top twelve guy? Uh, yes, but at the lower end, like I, I'd start probably Derek Carr over him. Um, you know, if he doesn't have Lockett out there, knowing that San Francisco's defense is still really good. And, uh, I also would look at, uh, Will Disley for sure, you know, with Gerald Everett not there and, and the opportunity to step up a little bit. So midweek doesn't, midweek, uh, uh, do not practice DNPs are never a good sign, you know, for a guy that was hurt. But the, the, the thing that you got to just keep an eye on with Lockett is, he hurt his knee in the game, and this is a hip injury. So, you know, it could just be something that secondary problem. I just want to make sure he's 100%. Dave, are you expecting all three Steelers wide receivers at this point? They were all limited, which is good news for Juju and Deontay, but bad news for Claypool as he was downgraded to limited. Uh, I, I'm feeling much better about Deontay Johnson playing. He's going to be my favorite of all the Steelers receivers. Again, Juju's got to practice on Friday. I think if he gets in that practice, then he should be good to go for the game against Green Bay, and that would lower the ceiling for Claypool. All right, right now we're expecting... We'll probably turn Claypool into a set. Like, no question. Uh, okay. 
George Kittle is questionable with a calf injury, but we expect him to play. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones mispracticed. We are not expecting them to play at the moment. Will Fuller practiced. Gronkowski mispracticed again, but we're ranking him. Giovanni Bernard mispracticed again. We're not as sure about him. Um, Antonio Gibson mispracticed with a shin injury. If he is out, and this is, I think, the first game we're previewing today, if he's out, uh, is J.D. McKissick a must-start? Do you think that they would give him the full role? I'd look at Jared Patterson just to see if he's available, um, which he should be in most leagues. Um, but you got to assume that McKissick, you know, who said this offseason he wants to be more of a three-down guy, would, would, would certainly be the lead guy. You know, Patterson would, would, would be the supplement, Mike, if I just was looking at how they use these guys. Uh, he'd, he'd be the one they use probably a little bit more on obvious rushing downs early in the game, but then as the game unfolds, they probably would just give more work to McKissick. So it, it wouldn't be a, a slam dunk for either guy in non-PPR, but in PPR it would make McKissick a borderline must-start, in my opinion. The good news is that the Athletics' Ben Standig says that this was a precautionary did-not-practice for Gibson. Friday will tell the tale. If he, if he practices on Friday, he'll play, and Jared Patterson won't be a thing. Okay, and if you are going to McKissick, he played two games without Gibson last year. He had 11 carries and two catches in one game, 13 carries and nine catches in another game. Uh, Dan Campbell said, you're going to see a lot more DeAndre Swift. Okay, let's. Uh, we're always down for that. Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard mispractice. This game, I don't think anyone wants to talk about. Giants at Saints, it's our last game that we'll be looking at today. Okay, do we have, real quick, real quick, do we have an update on the San Francisco running backs against Seattle? Elijah Mitchell was limited in practice, so just keep an eye on that. If he plays, it's a mess. If he doesn't play, I like Sermon a lot, actually. Uh, Seattle's run defense has been absolutely horrid. Uh, Chicago quarterbacks, do we know who's starting for the Bears? Not yet. Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon, okay. Starter set. They would take Jim McMahon. <laughs> uh, and the, how about the IR wide receivers? Anybody coming off the IR, being activated this week? Do we know Bateman, Samuel, anybody, anyone like that? It doesn't appear that way. I think, you know, again, they just opened the window for them to practice. But today will be the day. You know, if they feel comfortable enough with what these guys did on Wednesday and Thursday, then they'll list them as, uh, you know, uh, on the active roster on on Friday to play in, in the game. Um, you know, that's one thing in terms of Gibson. If, in fact, he does miss the game, keep an eye on Curtis Samuel because his role could be, uh, something that you want to monitor. Um, Bateman is, is, I mean, they're both stash candidates at this point, but still, I think uh, my guess is you should, they're going to be on IR for another week. Okay. And Samuel's 45% rostered. And this guy who was a top 100 pick at one point, I think maybe you want to take a shot on Curtis Samuel, if you, even if you don't have an IR spot, if you do have a, a roster spot to play with there. All right, guys, five big questions that you have no more than a minute to answer. That's a minute combined. I'm going to hold you to this. Question number one. How do you feel about Chubbard this week? That would be Chuba Hubbard, and that is obviously his nickname. How do you feel about Chubbard this week at Dallas? Dave? I like him. I think he's going to be worthy as a number two running back, more so in PPR than non-PPR. Love the way he moves as a pass catcher, uh, and he's got good speed. He's not a powerful back. I think he will continue to see targets. We've seen the Panthers give their running backs over 25% of the target share on the season, and Cowboys are allowing about an 84% catch rate to running backs this year. So I'm I'm excited about Chubbard. Hey, Jamie, who would you start Chubbard over? I would start him over Kareem Hunt. I would start him over uh, Mike Davis. I'd start him over Clyde. Clyde. I'd start him over Miles Sanders. I'd All start right. him over whichever Raiders running back starts. Next question. 
are David Montgomery and Allen Robinson worth starting at Detroit? Jamie. Montgomery, obviously, is for sure. His workload has been consistent. And, you know, I, I can't imagine a worse game plan than what we saw last week. But, uh, look, give Detroit credit. They did a nice job on the Ravens running backs and run, running offense. And they're, they're getting a lot of praise for it. Uh, but I still think Montgomery's workload is worth buying into. Robinson, it just depends on who you have. You know, it, uh, it, it's hard to get away from what his potential is. And there's going to be FOMO with him. But in regards to the play and the quarterback situation, it could be another bad week. So just, you know, if you have Mike Williams and Cortland Sutton and these guys, you know, Brandon Cooks and guys that you've, you know, drafted later, picked up at some point, um, that's easy. But it, it's still hard to get Robinson out of your lineup, especially against this matchup. Maybe he should be Chubbard instead of Chubbard, just so people don't think I'm saying Nick Chubb. Dave, would you start Chubbard, Chuba Hubbard over David Montgomery and or Allen Robinson? I would start him over Robinson. I would not start him over Montgomery. Is this the week for Robert Woods against Arizona? Dave? I think it's got, he's got a shot to do it. Uh, we know that he's had slow starts now each of the last couple of seasons. He does come around starting in October. And this is a matchup that should be favorable to the Rams when they do throw the football. I'd like to see him get a little bit more target share in this offense. And eventually teams are going to adapt to Cooper Cup and they're going to say, all right, you're going to have to beat us a different way. We're going to make you throw away from Cooper Cup. This could be one of those weeks for Robert Woods. I still have him as a low-end number two fantasy receiver. All right. Uh, uh, Robert Woods or Allen Robinson? Woods for me. Jamie, will Atlanta's offense get going this week against Washington? Washington gives up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Will the Falcons get going? If they can protect Matt Ryan, then yes. If they can't, then no. And if they're going to continue to design plays to try and get the ball out of Ryan's hands, then probably not. But uh, this is an exploitable secondary. You know, We've seen that now for uh, the, the majority of the season. Um, of the first three games. And I think, you know, this is an opportunity for Ridley and, and Pitts to have some some potential big plays, but they got to give Ryan time and they got to trust him to, you know, get the ball out of his hands because his, you know, average depth of target has been miserable so far. So hopefully this is, uh, this is the breakout game for him. So uh, you're not benching Ridley. I find it hard to bench Pitts. You know, you got to really buy in. You, you know, Gronk is, is the easy one if you have him, but um, I don't think you should be starting Dalton Schultz over Kyle Pitts yet. And then Ryan is uh, is an interesting play, more so for Superflex and two quarterback leagues. But they got they got to show something this week because it's not been pretty so far. Yeah, I actually read an interesting quote on Kyle Pitts uh, that, from the Athletic that Matt Ryan said that Kyle Pitts is getting double teamed more than any rookie other than Julio Jones since Matt Ryan has been there. I guess that's not I mean that's not a huge shock when you think about it. But he but Pitts is getting that kind of attention. They that, should probably try doing it with Jamar Chase too. <laughs> well, it makes me think that maybe Russell Gage could play a role when he's healthy. Because well, Ridley's I like the case this week. Too. I mean, you saw six targets last week, and you know, yeah. not a bad dart throw. Same target, and that brings me to my la- same uh, concept. And that brings me to my last question here: Who are some flex sleepers, like deep sleepers, that we don't talk too much about for deeper leagues or desperate fantasy managers? Man, I'm ravaged by injuries. I need something. I need ten PPR points, something like that. Zacchaeus could be a guy. Who else? Uh, Jamie, I'll start with you. Yeah, Zacchaeus is one. Nick Westbrook would be another. Um, you know, keep an eye on on Josh Reynolds and Chester Rogers. You know, all the guys in that game. Just looking at how uh, how things are, are are potentially unfolding there. Um, you can go back to Seth Wilson. You know, if you're looking at it, you know, scored a touchdown last week. He should have had a big catch if he had come down and bounds with it. You know, so Dak looking for him a little bit. Um, I mean, obviously you can go to Deshaun Jackson again. You know the the, the shot plays were there, and, and this game figures to be, you know, up-tempo and high-scoring. So, you know, there's another guy. I think his roster percentage on Tuesday was like 11%. You know, I'm sure it crept up a little bit, but 
Um, Jarrett Patterson, in case there's no Antonio Gibson. All right, that's that's pretty good. J- Dave, you have any names you want to add? I got a bunch. Oh, uh, Kendrick Bourne too. Kendrick, Kendrick Bourne is on my list. Uh, Sammy Watkins, Nelson Aguilar, same team as Kendrick Bourne. Just the Patriots figure they're going to have to throw quite a bit against Tampa Bay to stay in the game, and that's the weakness of the Tampa Bay defense. So I think those guys could be in play. Uh, Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall is someone that could end up taking a lot of whatever targets Dan Arnold was getting in that Carolina offense, and they're probably going to be chasing points against Dallas, or at least it's going to be a competitive game. I don't think it's going to be one where where Chubbard is going to run away with it. So Marshall could get some extra opportunities. K.J. Osborne didn't get the opportunities last week. I'm not convinced that Tyler Coughlin is going to be a thing uh, week to week for Minnesota. Osborne right. is still playing quite a bit. He's got a few more names you want to rattle off because we're going to preview all of these games. So, yeah. You- sure. Uh, uh, Brian Edwards with Las Vegas is somebody that I like a lot. And uh, do you guys remember a tight end named Zach Ertz? <laughs> I know it feels like we're chasing the touchdown from last week, but I, I feel like they're going to try and scheme Jalen Hurts to make easier throws against Kansas City, and that means shorter throws. And Goddard will get some, and Ertz will get some. Colin Johnson, too, for the Giants. Yeah. 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 Maybe Kadarius Tony, but Sammy Watkins has always been the guy. I keep going to him when I'm desperate because he'll, you know, he could give you like a respectable PPR game. And if you're just, you don't want to, you don't want somebody's going to give you like three points, Watkins is involved enough. All right. We'll take a quick. Bateman plays, though. Yeah, that would not help. But you already said he's not going to play, so <laughs> just take your word for it. Uh, you Obviously, you were just guessing. All right, we'll take a quick break here. We got Beat the Waiver Wire, and then we'll get into the games when we come back on Fantasy Football today. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So you got a roster spot to play with here. You got uh, someone useless. Just want to pick someone up maybe for next week and beat the waiver wire. How about Matt Ryan against the Jets? How about their defense? Falcons defense against the Jets. I still think Curtis Samuel, like I said, 45% rostered. You could look at any of those wide receivers coming off IR. Samuel and Bateman, I, I guess, would be the top two. Uh, the Patriots DST. You can ask T.Y. Hilton, too, if you want. There you go. Patriots DST at Houston. Um, the Titans DST at Jacksonville. You might get two games out of them. as we, we, we like the Titans this week against the Jets. But Jacksonville obviously played pretty well last night. 
The Raiders DST against the Bears. If you're looking for a tight end, Dallas has been so bad against tight ends. Evan Ingram at Dallas. And Dalton Schultz, if you can keep it up against the Giants. The Giants have also been bad against tight ends. Tight end game next week. And Buffalo's at Kansas City on Sunday night. Hopefully a shootout. So Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, if they're still available. Those are some of the names I've come up with here. And that's Beat the Waiver Wire. If you're trying to just stash a guy just to see what happens this week, I mentioned Terrace Marshall, someone that could take some targets from Dan Arnold. Tommy Tremble can move. He's the rookie tight end in Carolina. I would imagine he would see an uptick in playing time now that Arnold's off the roster. I know they still have Ian Thomas, but Thomas has never really been great. I'm trying to stash Tremble in a handful of my deeper leagues and my tight end premium leagues. You know what? I'm going to say one more name. Taysom Hill. You never know. When mm. when they might make the change, they're two and so one. Why would they make a change? What if they go two and two? What if they lose to the to the lame Giants? I mean, he's gonna have to play piss poor right. Winston. Has he not been? I mean, he's they, they're well. I don't know if it's really him. Their offense has been pretty bad. So, I don't. You never know. Their line isn't healthy. They really haven't curated any good pass catchers after all the hype that we gave them and that they created for themselves in the preseason. And it's it's kind of been ugly for sure. Okay, uh, but I agree. I think he's going to need a couple of games. Of yeah, stinking. Yeah, I, and Thomas is coming back. They have their buy in week six. I mean, hey, ten team leagues. Michael Thomas is ninety percent rostered. He might might be available. Okay, start o meter. The final three games we'll talk about: Minnesota and Cleveland. Here, zero to ten for Baker Mayfield at Minnesota. One. No, I I think he's like a six. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Kareem Hunt. Ten. Yeah, nine. You're starting Kareem Hunt. Odell Beckham. Eleven. Uh, Beckham or Kareem Hunt? Beckham. Uh, Hunt. Kirk Cousins. Ten. Ten. Alexander Madison. If you if Cooks out. The starting running back for the Vikings is a ten. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Conklin. Uh, three. Five. David Montgomery at Detroit. Ten. Ten. You're starting him. Allen Robinson. Seven. Yeah, okay. I was going to say eight, but seven's good. Jamal Williams against the Bears. Uh, four. Six. Daniel Six Jones. Six and three. Okay, uh, Daniel Jones at New Orleans. Three. Two. Saquon Barkley. Ten. Three and a half. What? Nah, I'm just messing around. <laughs> He's gonna have to do a lot in the passing game because it's not gonna be an easy run. I know, I know. I would look a little nervous, but yeah, I think you're not benching him. No, exactly. Kenny Galladay at the Saints. Uh, five. Five's good. Evan Ingram. Zero. Two. Done J- with him. Jameis Winston. One. That's like a three. Taysom Hill, just kidding. Uh, Marquez Callaway, zero. Saints tight end. Eddie Eddie Saints other than Kamara? No. You could take them all, combine them, and they'd be like a three. I would really like to see them play a normal game. They have not had a normal game yet, but that that will... The first home game, so maybe this will be as close to normal as we get. Yeah. But how are you defining normal here? Uh, just their game script, their game flow. They've thrown no more than 22 times in any game. That is bizarre. First week, they yeah, pummeled that's the... their new normal. They don't no. have Drew Brees anymore. No, first week... Well, they, they didn't have the ball a lot last week, so... 
yeah, I, I think it was was it two weeks ago they had the possession for like 22 minutes in week two. They've just had weird, weird games. All right, here we go. Washington at Atlanta. Which quarterback do you like better, Heineke or Ryan? I like Heineke, Heineke slightly. Which wide receiver do you like better, Ridley or McLaurin? Ridley. Ridley, but it's close. I think McLaurin goes off. Which tight end do you like better, Thomas or Pitts? Thomas. Pitts and Thomas, okay. So they're pretty close, right? Yes. Which Falcons running back do you like better? Dave Patterson. <laughs> okay, we'll get into it. So Taylor Heineke, he has made four career starts in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. He has scored eight points, 22, 23, and 24 points. And the Falcons are giving up the third most points to quarterbacks. So you could see the case for a low-end starter. It's not always pretty, though. I mean, he didn't play well against the Giants, and he came away with 23. He didn't play well against uh, the Bills, and he had 24 points. But he can run. I mean, that's going to kind of be what you have to expect. Yeah. Uh, all right, low-end starter for him. Antonio. He's also, also 5900 on DraftKings as the 14th-priced quarterback. So if you're going to do daily, I think Heineke is a pretty good option. Uh, Gibson, if he plays, this is a good week. I mean, we're going to be actually yeah. enthusiastic for Gibson, right? Okay. Yeah. You got to hope so. I mean, you know, I'd like to see them playing with a lead and what that means. You know, we saw a little in week one against, you know, the Chargers and you got 90 yards rushing from him. So let's let's have them playing with a, with with some sort of advantage here and, and hopefully he's doing okay. Yeah. 20 carries in that game. How about McKissick? Starter sit for a guy who's had two duds and one enormous game. The only way I'm starting McKissick is A, Antonio Gibson is out. B, I'm in a PPR league and I'm absolutely desperate for a running back. And I'm going to hope that somehow the game script will be favorable for him. Last week's game script should have been favorable for him and he wasn't really that good. Right. So I, I I think he is a very, very dicey play. I would not want to use J.D. McKissick. So I, I was talking to a, a handicapper friend of mine this morning, and he said this is the toughest game to figure out for him because of how the, the defense for Washington has played and how the offense has you know struggled for Atlanta. I think if you think, if you're on the school of thought that the Falcons are going to score points in this game, which as we've seen against this defense, teams have scored points against them, Oh yeah. Then you gotta like McKissick. If you think that they're gonna, you know, control the game, Washington control the game, then you should stay away from McKissick. So however you approach the game. For me, I would expect Washington to control the game. So yeah. I think McKissick is a is a desperation start. But like Dave said, if you're stuck, he's not a bad PPR flex option. There's pretty funny put a smile on my face article in the athletic about Arthur Smith. He and and fantasy football. And he knows like he knows the Lee Smith touchdown pissed off a lot of fantasy managers. Uh, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> it was a good article. Yeah. Jeff Schultz wrote it. Oh yeah. And Jake Seeley was quoted in it and all that. They got their fantasy guys in there to talk about Kyle Pitts, but Arthur Smith is under some heat right now. I mean, we were talking about it for the last two weeks, the Falcons offense, so conservative. Yeah. It's it, Arthur Smith knows he hears it. So I'm just hoping from a DFS angle anyway, that maybe the Falcons air it out a little bit, start Terry McLaurin, We'll finish with Washington here. Start McLaurin. He's a number two. Uh, if you had to choose between Chuba Hubbard and McLaurin, who would you choose? I think I'd go Hubbard. I'd go McLaurin and PPR, but it's close. And Logan Thomas is top 10. Low end. Uh, Dave has him eighth. And P Pitts is kind of in that same range, too. And uh, more targets, man. 
Yeah, I know. He definitely needs more targets. But what's happening in Atlanta is that they're handcuffed by their offensive line and by Matt Ryan playing. I think he's playing nervously where the offensive line is just letting in the pass rush. He's checking down. He sees zone coverage. He's checking down. He's not really throwing downfield that much. That's part of what's been hurting Pitts. The other part of what's hurting Pitts is that he's not getting wide open like you would expect a first round. Well, they're double, tight end they're double teaming him. You know, they're double teaming. They're not him. doing it all the time. They're doing they're, it a lot. Apparently, they're doing it more than any player other than Julio Jones in Matt Ryan's tenure. Any rookie. Well, I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't even know if you can back up with stats, but it is something that's what happening quite a bit once they get in the red zone. Yeah, and that's certainly hurting Kyle Pitts. Uh, I'm I am nervous to start Kyle Pitts until that offensive line makes Matt Ryan more confidence to go downfield. All right, but do we have any streaming tight ends, Dalton Schultz's of the world, that you're starting over either Pitts or Logan Thomas? This is this is the lowest start percentage Pitts has had since this you know week one. Um, understandably so. I think if it's uh, it's like mid seventies. Um, I, I think if you if you look at you know, the, the the people that might have paired Gronk with Pitts, that's an easy one to pivot to. In some cases, you know, you may have seen Pitts drafted because he fell in a draft or two, that he was drafted with one of the premier tight ends, just with the hope that you get a good flex option out of it. But I'm not starting I'm not starting Thomas over him yet. I'm not starting um Schultz over him yet. I'm not starting uh Jared Cook. No, I'm not starting Jared Cook or Higby this over is, him. Yet. This is the FOMO guy. This is who you're afraid to miss out on, yeah. Because if 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 the target if the stars align, first of all, if they just lower his route depth a little bit, throw him open a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage, let him make a play after the catch. He's tough to bring down. He's a giant out there. So that's one thing that the Falcons can do, and it would be smart if they did it, and that would up the tack catches that he would have. And if they did in the run zone, he'd have a chance to catch the ball like the three and just lay it out. And if he lays down, he, he's big enough to get into the end zone just like that. Yeah, so, well, they got to get there. I'm, they have a terrible offense. I do like Thomas better. If I think Thomas has a better chance to score. But that's the only matter also from just the tight ends that have played Washington. Week one, you know, Jared Cook had a good game. Um, week three, Dawson Knox scored a touchdown. You know, so they can be susceptible to, to some decent tight end performances. And he's the best one from a, obviously, you know, physical standpoint that they're going to face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also saw that he lines up as a wide receiver as much as he lines up as a tight end, and and that maybe we should look at how how they defend wide receivers, and it's not good. They give up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers, so that's why Calvin Ridley is top twelve in non PPR, top fourteen in PPR. Let's finish with the Falcons running back. Neither Falcons running back Patterson or Davis has had a carry of longer than fourteen yards. So if they can't get any big plays, and Washington's defense has been bad this year, but not their run defense. 3.76 yards per carry to running backs, eighth fewest fantasy points, then you need some volume, and you're not really getting that, but you are getting catches. 28% of the team's targets have gone to Davis and Patterson. So, Jay, Dave, you said you, you like Patterson better, and Jay, yeah. Jay makes Davis better. but yeah. he, He's not playing as much as Davis, but he's starting to get closer to making it like a 50-50 type deal, and he's more explosive than Davis. Davis is good. Patterson's better, and if they're both going to continue to catch passes from Matt Ryan playing scaredy cat behind his line, then I like my chances with Patterson, and he's also been more effective in the red zone. He hasn't played as much in the red zone or inside the five, but he's had more touchdowns. He's had more big plays there. Davis hasn't done it yet. Davis is like a good floor play if you're looking for 9 to 12 PPR points, but I think Patterson can get you right around there, if not higher than that. 
because of his explosiveness. Okay. Uh, would you guys start a Falcons running back or a Broncos running back? Pretty sure I have uh, Gordon ahead of them. I go Davis, Gordon, Patterson, Javante. No, I don't. In my PPR rankings, I've got Patterson, then Davis, then Gordon, and then Javante. Would you start Pittman or your favorite Falcons running back? Falcons running back. Both Falcons running backs over. All right. Big difference in the rankings uh, on the DST, Washington's DST. They have been horrible, um, and but it's a good matchup. Jamie's got him 17th, Dave 10th, Heath 5th. Yeah, but I don't, we, you know. It, obviously, Dave and Jamie don't love the Falcons DST. Heath likes them a lot more. The Falcons DST I, the, or the, the Washington? Washington, sorry. Eventually, they're going to figure. I, I can't imagine Ron Rivera is not going to. This is the get-right game for them, I think. Maybe. Carolina is at Dallas. Carolina's 3-0 with wins over the Jets, the Saints, and the Texans. Dallas is 2-1. Wins over the Chargers and the Eagles. Lost by two points to the Super Bowl champion Buck. Starter sit, Sam Darnold. How about Darnold or Heineke or Ryan? I go Darnold in six point for passing touchdowns. Heineke in four. I'll start Heineke, then Darnold, then Ryan. And I, I put Baker ahead of Ryan, too. Um, I, I think Darnold, could, this could be a little bit of a letdown for Darnold. We've seen him play well and, and get schemed up against weaker defenses. And I know it's silly on the surface to say that the Cowboys are a strong defense, but I really like the way that they've played uh, the past couple of weeks. They're being way more aggressive. They're fast. And I think they're going to cause problems for, for Carolina, especially that, look, there's a downgrade, obviously, from Christian McCaffrey to anybody. And Chubbard is going to be okay, but he's not Christian McCaffrey. And I think that's going to make a difference in the game. Okay. So, yeah, the Cowboys defense, we'll see. I, I mean, this may not even be that good of an offense they're facing. But they give up yards. They just force turnovers. That's been their MO. Chuba Hubbard, we should probably spend just a little bit more time on Chuba Hubbard. Uh, would you start Alexander Madison if he, if he starts or Chuba Hubbard? Madison. Yeah. Uh, would you start uh, Chubbard or Barkley? Saquon. Um, I'll start Hubbard. Mm. Chubbard or or Cole Beasley, PPR. Hubbard. Chubbard. Jamie won't go with Chubbard. He's you know, not feeling it. Uh, Chuba no. Hubbard or how about uh, Chuba Hubbard or Antonio Brown? Hubbard. I don't know if Dave said anything. Oh, he's looking. No, I'm hearing it. All right, start Chuba uh, Hubbard as a number as a number two running back. Let's uh, DJ Moore. So he's obviously been incredible. 285 yards in three games and a touchdown. Eight or more targets in all three games. I do think he's getting a lot of his production on the left side of the field, and that is the Trayvon Diggs side of the field. So is there any? I didn't know there was a Trayvon Diggs side. Of yeah, the I'm pretty sure he's. I'm. I think that's where he lines up. I don't think he followed Devonte Smith last week. I think he just he did not. I think. But he I just, don't know if he necessarily stays on one I side of the field. He's their right. I think he's their right cornerback, and that's where Mike Evans lines up most of the time. You know, um, on the left side of the offense, right side of the defense. But yeah. Anyway, look, he's been really good against number ones. Is there any hesitation on DJ Moore? A little bit. But I don't think you're getting – it's like the same thing with Brandon Cooks. Like, you're not benching these guys. They're, they've just been too involved in their offense, and, you know, now there's uh, a change for whatever it's worth, you know, with Dan Arnold not being there. I don't think that's going to necessarily impact DJ Moore and what Sam Donald does, but the hope would be is what you said earlier, is that they're chasing points and that the targets are up. 
And so if the targets are up, you know, we could see a little bit more from from DJ Moore. So he's just been awesome. It's it's just way too difficult to get away from him. So he's uh he's a borderline number one receiver in PPR, uh, a safe number two receiver in non-PPR. You just gotta hope that this is one of the weeks where he scores a touchdown. Okay. Dave, I hope you're looking up the Trayvon Diggs stuff. I did. I got it. Yeah. Last week he was exclusively at right corner. Yeah. In the previous two weeks, he played the heavy majority just as an outside corner. One week a little bit more than the other at right corner. So he's probably one of those guys that prefers right corner but is willing to go to either outside corner. He's played 13, 10, almost 30 snaps in the slot this year. I'm having trouble finding a, a guy that truly shadows receivers. I'm not sure. If, we're not seeing much of that this year. Yeah, I don't know if Tredavious White is doing it, but Ramsey doesn't do it. Um Darius Slay was playing exclusively left cornerback against the Cowboys. He wasn't shadowing anybody. We um, might see it in New Orleans with Lattimore this mm, week. Mm. Yeah, that could be. All right, sorry to get off track here. We're sitting Robbie Anderson, but he's still 86% rostered, so hopefully he rewards patience there. Any interest in Tommy Tremble against the worst uh, team against tight ends? Hold on, one, just one last guy, Jair Alexander. I Just because I looked it up, he's been exclusively yep. left corner. Yep. Exactly. Very little. He hasn't even played a snap of right corner. And Howard hasn't moved either. Yes. Who hasn't? Yeah, that's oh, Xavier Howard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Your question, Adam. Tommy Tremble. Any interest? I'm stashing in deeper leagues and tight end premium leagues. Okay. Oh, I should have looked for him in Scott Fish. He's probably gone. Dak Prescott is top 10, kind of on the lower end. So that's interesting. Jalen Hurts or Dak this week? I'll start. Uh, Hurts for me. Start of the week, uh, Dak or Cousins? Dak. I have Dak one spot ahead of Cousins. Start Zeke. Starter sit Tony Pollard. Can't feel good about starting Pollard. I'd, I'd almost say the same thing about him as I did for McKissick, except make it more, well, I don't know if you have to make it more non-PPR. He's certainly in the PPR conversation as well. You've got to be really thin at running back to go with Pollard. There's no, there's no good reason to start him. He's going to get, what, 10 touches? Got to hope he has a couple of explosive plays against this Carolina defense. Would you start Pollard or um, or Falcons running? Maybe start a Falcons running back. How about yeah. Pollard or uh, who's like? Yeah, I mean, I guess I was going to ask something like J.D. McKissick or Naeem Hines. How about Pollard Naeem, over Hines? Naeem Hines or Pollard? Hines and PPR. Yep. All right. Any hesitation, Jamie, on Cooper or Lamb coming off a couple of fairly disappointing performances, mostly for Cooper? Not to sit them, no. I mean, probably not DFS plays, but certainly not to sit them. I mean, you know, if they if they can continue to run the ball like they have, which I don't think is going to necessarily stop, um, their, their opportunities might be limited if they're playing with the lead. But there's, you know, C.D. Lamb takes one more step and he falls in the end zone on the on the first big play that led to Zeke's first touchdown last week against the Eagles. I don't think anybody's concerned about him. Cooper, you got to worry. Maybe the ribs are a problem, but I think he's just too good. You know, you're not getting away from these guys. You know, a couple of bad games shouldn't fear, make you sit them by any stretch. Dalton Schultz is a borderline top 12 guy coming off a two touchdown game against the Eagles. He's just behind Logan Thomas and Kyle Pitts. He's ahead of Mike Kosicki. He's ahead of Robert Tunyon. Uh, he's ahead of Jared Cook. So, yeah, you can go with, with Schultz as a low-end number one tight end. Arizona at the Rams. I didn't have a stat of the game for the Cowboys, by the way. I'm sorry about that, everybody. Stat of the game for the Cardinals and Rams. 
So it's really about Robert Woods. Everybody's starting cup. But Arizona has allowed five receiving touchdowns to wide receivers in three games. But the only wide receiver with more than 65 yards against the Cardinals, they have faced the Titans, two studs, the Vikings, two studs, and the Jaguars. Who's the only wide receiver with more than 65 yards against the Cardinals? Marvin Jones? Incorrect. We're even worse. Even, KJ Osborne. Yes, KJ Osborne. Very weird. They've allowed the second fewest pass plays of 20-plus yards, only one pass play of 40-plus yards. This is going to be a game with a lot of starts, no question. But Robert Woods is going to probably be asked about a lot. So where'd you guys end up, Jamie? Where'd you end up on Robert Woods? Uh, low at number two. You know, he's he's towing the line of a number three receiver. But again, you know, that number should really be moved from 24 to about 36. So you're starting Robert Woods. Again, his start percentage, like Kyle Pitts, lowest it's been all season. It's in the 70s at this point. Um, he's got a great track record against this team. Uh, four of his last five games, at least 18 PPR points. So hopefully that track record and history carries over here. But um, it's it's a credit to Matthew Stafford. He's got so many weapons at his disposal. You know, Cup has been the star, but, you know, Deshaun Jackson last week and Tyler Higby two games, and, you know, Woods did score a touchdown. But he's uh, he's using all of his guys. Uh, Van Jefferson's playing well. You know, so it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit of a problem for Woods. So, again, I'll say it. Uh, week in, week out until it happens. Go have breakfast with Matthew Stafford. Uh, make him happy. Bring him his oatmeal. You know, get him some <laughs> eggs and whatever bagel he likes. And you know, tell Cooper Cup to sleep in. I tell if if you had the oatmeal that I make in the morning, you would be, you'd pay me for it. It's that I've absolutely mastered it. It's so we would good. throw you the football play after play <laughs> yeah, after play. Absolutely, your oatmeal is that good. Your oatmeal brings all the boys to the it yard. It does, yeah. And- <laughs> So Kyler Murray or uh, Matthew Stafford? You're going to laugh out of Jamie on that one. (laughs) Kyler or Stafford? Oh, I was. I'm going back and forth on this one. I'll still stick with Kyler, but it's close. I've gone back and forth with this one, and I've stuck with Stafford. I just I don't buy that this Arizona pass defense is as good as the numbers that you're suggesting. They definitely have given up numbers to. Oh, they have. They've, they've given up a lot. I mean, they've given up touchdowns, yeah. but they've also faced Julio Not Jones. Early yards, right? Julio Jones, AJ Brown, uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. You know, they've got they've got like good young talent on the team. They've got two pass rushers. So, uh, yeah, I'm interested in this defense. They've just had a very tough schedule. Right. So far, I think the Rams the Rams will scheme it up the right way. Yeah. Yeah. When I mean, you talk about all the the amazing weapons, they've got Cooper Cup and. Cooper Cup, <laughs> Tyler Higby, and Cooper Cup. All right, sorry. Let me let me get back to um, the running backs in this game. Who's the who's your favorite running back? And we don't know for sure about Daryl Henderson right now, but who's your favorite running back in this game, Jamie? If Henderson plays, he would be my favorite in non PPR. Um, Edmonds is my favorite in PPR, even if Henderson is out there. Dave, I think Henderson will be my favorite regardless. But I I am worried about just how much he'll play. Because the, the the concerns that the coaching staff kind of intimated at during the training camp with Henderson manifested itself with Henderson hurting his ribs and being out last week. So I don't know if they're going to rush to put him in for 70% of the snaps like they might want to do. So he he might I think I think you could probably pencil him in for 15 touches. That's it. And maybe two or three of those are catches. I Okay, so just to finish up on that, would you start uh, Chase Edmonds or Mike Davis? I have Edmonds a spot ahead of Davis. Oh, Edmonds. So Davis. I have Edmonds I mean, this, behind this, Patterson. 
This you want to look at implied score, and this game is going to be high scoring. So Edmonds in a, in a track meet should be really good. Which brings me to my next question. People are going to start DeAndre Hopkins even coming off a bad game, but who is the second best Cardinals wide receiver in this game? I think you just got to go based on how they've performed, not necessarily what the targets have been. So Kirk has been the most reliable of the three. So I would put him second. I'd still put A.J. Green over Rondell Moore, but it, it could be Moore as the best one. You know, so uh, I, I just don't think there's any rhyme or reason to who's going to be the best of, of, the, of the secondary trio. But Moore's targets have been consistent. He just hasn't done a lot with him outside of the big cat, touchdown catch. Um, Green, you know, two solid games with a touchdown and over 100 yards back-to-back weeks. But Kirk has been the most consistent producer, so that's why I would lean toward him. The only nitpick I've got on Kirk is that he lines up in the slot the most. And so he may end up seeing Jalen Ramsey in coverage the most. And that would make me nervous to trust him this week. Oh, I wouldn't trust any of those guys. But I think if you're just looking you at had to start one, you, you just said it, and I agree with you, that if you had to start one, it would be Kirk. And I think Kirk is okay. He's okay as like a, a low-end flex in PPR. I, I hate that I can't remember anything, but oh, I'm reaching out to Jacob Gibbs right now, and he's typing. So I'll tell you what That's he says, but I believe he had said that Rondell Moore was basically off the field when the Cardinals were leading. It's just, when, you know, sure. I guess it was there probably two, He's their fourth receiver. three receiver sets, right? So this game could be a lot. They use more 12 personnel when they were leading, fewer three receiver and four wide receiver sets. So yeah, this, this that was last week against Jacksonville. This could be a much better game for Rondell Moore. Not to Absolutely. say that you start him over Christian Kirk, but don't, you know, this is the type of game that would be better for Rondell Moore. Um, that makes right. him an interesting DFS play as well. Yeah, he's in he's in my FanDuel lineup. Okay, yep. Tyler Higby. Yeah, I think we've more or less covered it here. This is look. This is a a high scoring game most likely. So there are going to be some like last week it was Deshaun Jackson. There are going to be some sleepers in this game, I guess. Tyler Higby is he ahead of Kyle Pitts and Logan Thomas? No, but he's getting there. He is for me. With Pitts, not for Thomas, but they're very, very close. Right. They're bunched together. They're right, right there. He already has three red zone and two green zone targets. That's not bad. And uh, yeah, again, you want pieces of this. What's game. the green zone? Inside the ten. It's when you win a lot of money at the casino. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the green zone, baby. I don't think I've ever been in the green zone. If that's the case, me neither. I've heard about not it. Not a big high roller, you know. I like if I can find the the ten dollar blackjack table and just stay there for a while. I'll, I could I'll just I'll take that. Seattle at San Francisco, stat of the game: Debo Samuel eight to twelve targets in all three games this season. We have had four wide receivers with eight or more targets against the Seahawks. Three of them have had a hundred plus yards or a touchdown. That was Julio Jefferson and Thielen. So good competition. And the other one was AJ Brown, who should have had a huge game. Bottom line is those stud receivers got targets, either did great or should have done great against Seahawks. So Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, are they starts this week, Dave? That's a great stat on Debo Samuel. It makes me want to move him up in my rankings. So I appreciate you bringing that to my attention. Hey. Uh, I, I am a little worried because after week one, I think about week one. Okay. Ayuk didn't play. And I like Debo. Let me just say this. I like Debo as a PPR flex for sure. He might end up being a low end number two receiver by the time I'm done with him. In week one, Ayuk really didn't play. Uh, the run game did get going. They played Detroit. He had a huge catch. He had a ton of targets. Week two, same thing, ton of targets. Ayuk started to play a little bit more. 
Now the run game, if Elijah Mitchell plays, that run game should be back to being useful for San Francisco. Plus Ayuk's there. Plus Kittle's getting more involved. So I'm a little nervous about him continuing to get that huge target share that we saw from the beginning of the year. That's why he's been on my sell high list, honestly, since week one. So I, 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 I'm not going to fight anybody using him as a good flex and PPR, but I don't know if I'm ready to say he's top 24. Yeah, he's a must-start guy for me. I mean, you saw last week in a game where they were uh, uh, throwing a little bit more. And look, let's give Seattle's offense credit. They're probably going to score if they have their guys there. So 10 targets last week, um, his worst game, because that was probably his toughest matchup. Uh, this is not a tough matchup. And I think he's going to have an opportunity to still be their lead guy. So I, I, if you're getting away from Debo Samuel, you have him on your team, kudos to you. You must have a really loaded roster because he's been fantastic. Well, that's the thing. So, Considering where he was drafted, he's probably yeah, a tough Yeah, I mean, you're starting him over Allen Robinson. You're starting him over Robert Woods. This is another guy. You know, I should have mentioned him with the Mike Williams and, and Cortland Sutton potential and Brandon Cooks. Like, he's, he's easily right there in that group. So with what he's done, with his role on this team, with uh, how productive he's been, you know, last week, his worst his worst performance so far, 5 for 52. So if that's the floor, okay, maybe not the best floor, but, you know, 10 targets is something you hang your hat on. Jamie, would you start him or Amari Cooper? Uh, him. Wow. Really? That's Debo cool. over Cooper? Mm. Yeah. He's what better. about Deontay Johnson? Him. Okay. Okay. So you've got him, like, you must have him in your top 20. Yeah, he's right there. See, okay. I think Eli Mitchell actually. PPR. I'm not asking you about non-PPR here. I think Eli Mitchell actually does have a, a fairly decent say in this because yes, I, I outlined I this on our Monday show. When they don't run the ball well, going back to last year and then week three this year, I mean, they were horrible running the ball. Trey Sermon led the team with 31 rushing yards. They throw. But when they do run the ball well, they don't really like to throw. Uh, and when they throw, sense. it's it, when they can't run the ball, they, they'll throw those short passes, and Debo is an extension of their run game in that regard. Yeah, like but, I don't, I don't have his A dot in front of me, but I can't imagine it's very high, or it might be right, high but, because of the one catch he had against Detroit. But also, well, it, it, earlier in the year, they didn't have to worry about Ayuk. It was just Debo and Kittle. Now, if it's all three guys, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. I know. All right, exactly. So, Mitchell. All right, let's talk about Eli Mitchell here, Jamie. You kind of you said earlier if Eli Mitchell plays, then it'd be a mess. If he doesn't play, you'd like Trey Sermon a lot. What if Mitchell plays? You don't think that. He's had 17 carries and 19 carries in two games. I don't think they're enamored with Tracer. Oh, I don't, I don't think it's, it's uh, he's the best one, but I don't think it's a slam dunk that he's going to definitely dominant carries like that because he's not 100%. Okay. You know, if he's 100%, it's a different story. I think he's going to end up being their guy. So, you know, people that are dropping him, I think, a little too soon um, in, in some 10 team leagues are making a mistake because he was, you know, over 95% and now he's down to like 86% roster. Um, so, you know, people are having to make moves. You know, I mean, you know, if you've had to drop, that's your worst player dropping him for Hubbard. I get it. You know, if you need to, to play somebody this week. But uh, I, I don't think it's going to be like what we saw in, in week one or week two. You know, I, I think they need to get a second guy going. Makes sense for Sermon to be the second guy. So will he get 10 carries Mitchell if he plays? Probably not. I'm sure he'd be closer to 15. But I still think Sermon's going to have some semblance of a role. And and they do typically run on Seattle. They've done that in their last three matchups against them, even when their team hasn't been great. Okay. So who else in this game? Carson's a must-start. You're going to start the Seattle wide receivers if they play. Kittle's a must-start. Has not scored in his career against Seattle. Uh, but, you know, obviously you're starting George Kittle. He's top six. Not going to start Garoppolo. Russell Wilson, does it feel like a, does it feel like he doesn't have a huge ceiling in this game? Well, certainly not if his guys are hurt. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know. You, you, there's concern about how the Seahawks have played in the second half of their games, where in the first half they're scripted, they're, they're making all kinds of great throws, and Russ has certainly buoyed it by those deep shots to Tyler Lockett that we saw early on in the year. And in the second half, they kind of fall apart. They don't have a counterpunch to what defenses adjust at halftime. And the 49ers will come up with something to adjust at halftime if they're struggling in the game. So I'm, I, I kind of get what you're saying, Adam, that there might not be quite as much upside for Wilson. But anytime you've got receivers like that, and, and the 49ers secondary is a mess, it is. I can't help but think that Russ has a chance to get you know, three touchdowns, 300 yards. Well, I just don't understand how Hurts and Rodgers didn't have bigger games. That's what I can't wrap my head around because this secondary is so beat up. But Hurts, uh, I think it was that touchdown pass called back to Rager that obviously hurt. And then, I don't, yeah, again, with Rodgers, only 22 points. And Wilson doesn't have great history against the Niners. He's had three big games with 27, 32, and 36 points. But he's had five games with 23 or fewer. So that's five out of eight in the, in the Shanahan era, uh, last four seasons. Um, yeah, I don't know. You, anyway, I think you're starting Russell Wilson, but you know, J- I'm sure Jamie would start Hurts over Wilson. He's not a top five guy, but he's still a top 10 guy. Okay. I don't know, Dave, if you had a chance to look this up, how often he's getting the ball out of his hands in less than 2.5 seconds. But I did not look. I did not see that. Aaron Rodgers was 16 of 18 for 140 yards with a touchdown on throws under 2.5 seconds against San Francisco, according to Next Gen Stats. And for the Seahawks, remember, Will Disley as a sleeper, especially if Lockett can't play. And if Lockett can't play... Is there another wide receiver that you'd look at on the Seahawks as a sleeper? I think Disley's still a sleeper even if Lockett plays. I mean, you know, now you're you're giving him all of the tight end work, presumably, if uh, if Everett can't go. And so, you know, the the target share was even in in the first couple of weeks. Everett did a better job last week. So, assuming that they're maybe behind in chasing points, that should help him in this matchup. Not easy to help him in this matchup. No, Freddie Swain would be the next guy up if uh, Lockett couldn't play. I would not feel good about using Freddie Swain unless I'm in a 14-team league. You start three flex guys on top of your usual lineup. Right. They could be looking at one and three. It's crazy. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's, that is you know, it's funny. We, we thought their defense was going to be great after week one. And man, has it bottomed out quickly. All right. Cleveland is at Minnesota here. Which team do you think has scored more points this year? Cleveland or Minnesota? Uh, the Browns yeah. put up, I think it's like 26 points at minimum each of their games. So what I'll you say the Browns. Browns? Mm. Idiots! 87 points for the Vikings, 86 for the Browns. Uh-huh. Embarrassing. Uh, stat of the game. Wide receivers against the Vikings. Six of them have caught a touchdown in three games. They've allowed 100 yards to a wide receiver in all three games. They did pretty well against Higgins, Hopkins, and Lockett, but not against Chase Moore and Metcalf. This is a good matchup for Beckham. I, I, I'm so excited about I'm so excited about Odell Beckham. Like he he does really well against good matchups uh, with the Browns. There's no Landry, right? Like he's got to be a he must start. Beckham. You wearing your jersey again? Yeah, he's a must start. Sure. You know what? I'll wear it on the recap show if he scores a touchdown. All go. right. Why not? Well, the Vikings have allowed a receiver to get 100 yards and a touchdown every week. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be Rashard Higgins. (laughs) Just saying. Oh, you mean one receiver's had done both? 
Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Back of it is. They've also allowed the most touchdowns, uh, third most touchdowns to receivers, six through three games. So I, there's, there's, their secondary isn't as good as I thought it would be. Their pass rush isn't as good as I thought it would be. Their offense is putting up plenty of points. This should be a game where Mayfield throws a little bit more than usual, and Beckham looked really good last week. Yeah, let's be a little bit fair to the Vikings. They have faced the Bengals, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks. So they have faced teams with multiple really good wide receivers. But I think the thing that you were looking to see is no Jarvis Landry. How would Baker lean on him? And he leaned on him quite a bit. Yes. Uh, All right, Baker Mayfield, as much as Dave made a case from earlier, he's not a top 20 guy. We know what it is. Uh, He's he's a DFS play. Sure. Nick Chubb's a must start, and Kareem Hunt is is basically looking like that right now. He's top 20 for both of you. He's more like 24 or 5 for Heath, but he's a start. Would you start Kareem Hunt or Miles Gaskin? Hunt. Hunt. Kareem Hunt or Robert Woods? I may have asked you that earlier. Sorry, but Hunt or Woods? Um, I have Woods higher in PPR. Yeah, Kareem Hunt. Hunt or David Montgomery? Monty. Um, Montgomery. Okay. Odell Beckham must start, and you guys do not have Austin Hooper as a start, so uh, sit him. Shame on us. Yeah. Kirk Cousins is top 12. Cousins or Wilson this week? Wilson. I have Wilson ahead of him as of now, but if Lockett's not playing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Alexander Madison or Cook, you're going to start them. This is has been a very tough defense, run defense so far. 2.96 yards per carry to running backs. Uh, Clyde Edwards, Zelaire, Houston, and David Montgomery. I don't know how much to take away from that, but you just, you know, the volume's going to be there, but we'll see how they do. Okay, the Minnesota wide receivers. I mean, this is, you know, this is easy. You start Jeff Jefferson. What about Thielen? I mean, Dave, are we, are we totally in on Thielen? He's been touchdown dependent yeah. the last two weeks. That's okay. He scores them. That's good. <laughs> and the weakness of this Cleveland defense is still in their secondary. Thielen is a good football player. Uh, I feel like I'd have to, you know, it's like trying to catch a knife being dropped from the third floor of a building to say, oh, this is the week to stay away from Adam Thielen. I'm not saying that. I wish the secondary wasn't weak, that they have the personnel. And they've, yes. they've, they've been good other than Tyreek Hill and Brandon Cooks, both of them. Right. I mean, games. weak in comparison to their run defense, which has been, I think, pretty good. Yeah. And their pass rush has been, I mean, you, you already know that. Uh, who's more likely to have a good game, Tyler Conklin or KJ Osborne? Conklin's hurt. So, you know, we'll see how that goes for him. He's been dealing with an elbow injury. He practiced on a limited basis Thursday after not practicing on Wednesday. So trending in the right direction. I mean, you got to look at, I guess, just body of work right now. And Osborne's first two games were better than Conklin's first two games. And Conklin just had the better third game. So I think you lean toward Osborne, but I don't think either guy's a must-start play. You know, you just, you'd like to have Osborne on your bench just in case, you know, he's still a thing. And if you're in a tight end needy situation, you'd like to have Conklin on your bench to see if he's a thing. But that's going to be, I think, one of those two weeks for this guy, one week for that guy, two weeks for the other guy, one week for the next guy. You know, that's just the nature of this offense. In a couple of leagues where I'm thin at receiver because Jerry Judy got hurt, I'm leaning on Osborne. I think the Vikings will have to use three receivers quite a bit in this game. Detroit, I think they'll want to use three receivers. I'm sorry. Sit the, the DSTs. Detroit at Chicago. Yeah, Conklin might have to chip a little bit more on this uh, pass rush. Yeah, it's true. All right, Detroit at Chicago. I think we've covered David Montgomery and Allen Robinson. 
probably enough. But Montgomery's top 14 in non-PPR, top 16 in full PPR. And this is still a, a really easy run defense, even if the Ravens didn't seem to think so. A easy run, team to run it's on. Unbelievable. It's it's still it's gonna annoy me for a long time. They I to be fair, they did a nice job against Aaron Jones, 17 carries, 67 yards. I don't remember if Jones did anything in the passing game in that week. Yeah. <laughs> three touchdowns. <laughs> three touchdowns. Uh, I, I, if if they're as bad as they were in week three, it's not going to matter who they're playing, I suppose. But, uh, you know, start Montgomery. Robinson, give me your expected stat line. Like, how many yards? How many receiving yards for Allen Robinson? Uh, Jamie, give me a guess. Six for 75 and a touchdown. That's wow, good. that's not a number two receiver. That's good. That's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good stat. That's my hope. That's my hope. I'm going to say 4 for 40 in a touchdown. All right. Hoping for that touchdown. Cole Komet not interested. Um no. And then yeah, how about Jamal Williams? Jamal Williams or uh Allen Robinson? Who would you rather start? It's Robinson. Yeah. I mean, you already said in the show that we're going to see a lot more DeAndre Swift. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I, I do think Williams is a decent sleeper. Like a low, he's like a low end number two running back. If you're desperate, I wouldn't want to use him as a flex. There is some appeal because he is their grinder. Any Detroit wide receivers? No, I mean, I picked up Khalif Raymond in a couple of those crazy deep leagues that I'm in. Yeah, it could be a, a Cephas week again. You know, so who knows? And uh, <laughs> TJ TJ Hawkinson, start or sit. Must start. start. Sorry. Uh, uh, Bears DST. They're around 12th. They have five sacks each of the last two games. Detroit's only given up six sacks in three games this year, but. Right. Their line is pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, 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 pretty good. good. Okay. Game of the week. Giants at Saints. Here is your, yeah. your Daniel Jones stat of the game. New segment. Daniel Jones has thrown one interception in his last nine games, and I am pretty sure it was dropped by Evan Ingram, if I remember correctly. That's not a, that's not a joke, I <laughs> swear. Yeah, I, I really think that's what happened. He's, he's pretty much thrown zero interceptions in his last nine games. It's wild. Uh, anyway, which quarterback have you going to... Only go? one fumble, too. Only one fumble or one lost fumble? One lost fumble, sorry. Yeah. I, don't, I honestly don't know. I mean, I'm sure he's had more fumbles. I think yeah, I think he has had a lot of fumbles actually. It, okay, which quarterback if you're in a two QB league, Jones or or Jameis? Jones. Jones. I mean, at least you know the volume will be there for him. I, are the Giants going to do anything in this game? This, they could have if no Shepard and no Slayton, they could just have a terrible game. The Saints' defense has been pretty good this year. Run the option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Barkley's like a mid-range number two for you guys and non-people. Oh, no, Dave's got him higher. No, Dave's I, got I top still 10. like him. Yeah. I think the Giants have no choice but to lean on him. And without Shepard there, I'm hoping that that leads to catches. Yeah, this defense, though, I mean, year over year, they're good against the run. And so will game flow, game script. Like, I thought Damian Harris had a decent shot last week because I thought the Patriots would actually be playing with the lead in that game because of how bad the Saints' offense would be. And he was not good. So I don't know if Barkley is going to have an opportunity game flow wise to run the ball. Well, his, his role in the passing game has got to be huge. At least you would expect it to be. And so PPR, he's a better play than he is in non PPR. Sure. Yeah. Six catches last week. 
He has a 41-yard run, a 15-yard run, and no other carry longer than seven yards on 39 carries this year. He's he's still obviously a threat to score, so you got to hope he finds the end zone. But if he doesn't and he's not involved in the passing game, it's going to be miserable. All right, so I I hadn't even thought about the Lattimore thing for some stupid reason uh, with Kenny Galladay. And I think he will see a lot of Lattimore. So is he a sit, Dave? He's a sit, and it, it, it's got more to do with just Galladay. I, I can't count on him getting 12, 13 targets in the game. I think that's what he would need. I think he, at this point he's a volume-dependent receiver, but he's running a lot of just like deep slants, post routes, comeback routes, not a whole lot else on top of it, not separating great. From play to play, there's times where he does. So he's inconsistent, and that's on top of a quarterback who's got a decent arm, but he's also been inconsistent this year. So I, I would be nervous to use Galladay this week. And then you just throw Lattimore on top. And I'm looking to see if Lattimore has been stationary or moved around, but it just makes too much sense for him to cover Galladay and try and take uh, him away. Yeah, it does. And I think Galladay's mostly lining up on the left side. And I feel like... That's another thing that's really annoying. Like, why wouldn't you move these receivers around a lot more if you're the Giants? Well, they might now, you know, without if without Shepard and Slayton. 70 snaps at right corner. Listen, he has been stationary. Lattimore in week three, 70 of 72 snaps at right corner. And uh, week one, 23 of 36 snaps at right corner. Well, week one, they faced the Packers. So I don't, did he shadow Adams? I don't think so. That doesn't Adam, look Adam, like, Where does Adams usually line up? He usually lines up either in the slot or out wide left, right? I mean, that's where Lattimore is. Sure. Yeah. So maybe there was shadow. I can double check and see if I can find that real quick. All right. Evan Ingram's a sit. Jameis Winston. Everybody's a sit except for Kamara and Barkley. <laughs> that's the, that's Giant Saints, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, DFS for Barkley. I think he's the third most expensive. Or for Kamara, third most expensive on yeah. FanDuel. Uh, yeah, he's expensive on DraftKings, too. Yay or nay on Kamara and DFS? Nay on DFS. Um, I wouldn't be afraid of him. Saints DST, you guys like a lot. They're top six. The Giants actually have not been such a great matchup, uh, but the Saints have been a good defense. They, it just It's hard to see the Giants scoring more than they just don't have weapons. 17, 20 points. Yeah. Okay, that's it. That's it for uh, and it's also NFC. look first game in New Orleans. That that place. Oh is yeah. Be oh, they are going to be right. They're two and one. They're going to be rocking. Yeah, that's going to make it worse for everybody in New York. Uh, Lattimore, three of seven targets that Adams had in Week One came against Lattimore. So I don't think that constitutes. Well, that's not shadowing. I mean, that's that's right. Was he targeted? We oh, so he had four other. T- yeah, I don't know. Right, so four other targets, including two against other outside corners that the Packers or that the Saints have, rather. So I, th- he might have done it for a majority of the game. I just don't know. I could go back. Do you really want to know? No, oh, I don't care. Oh. I, I, not for now. <laughs> I, I do want to know, but not for not for right can we, now. We, are, can we go? Yes, we're out of here. Uh, mailbag. You got <laughs> oh, that was good. Thank you, Dave. Um, hold on, I'm trying to find the Dave laugh. <laughs> that was never ending. Good night, everybody. Well, we'll uh, goodbye, everybody. We'll talk to you on the mail. <laughs> I'm just going to hit end here. Bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 